All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've got the great Eddie Charger here on Scorch the Fears. We're running on IG Live. We're running on YouTube. We're freaking making it happen. Like, damn, I love this. Eddie, you're a beast, bro. I just want you to know that. You're an absolute beast. I've like, we've never had a very long one-on-one for too long. So I'm really excited to Mm -hmm. do this is because like, we've obviously known about each other because of sub two and all of that. And so for my audience, for the people that don't know you real quick, um, by the way, people on IG, again, I just posted, all you got to do is look at my name. If you want to watch it on YouTube, that'll be the best quality, but you can also just watch on IG if you feel like it. Um, so my man, welcome to scorch the fears. There we go, man. You don't know how long I've been waiting to hear that though, man. What's <laughs> up, bro? What's good, everybody that is watching live on IG? Appreciate you rocking with us. If you're on YouTube live, also appreciate the love. Um, you know, we're gonna get deep down and dirty over here. It's, it's, I love it's gonna it. Get kind of crazy, man. So, Eddie, tell tell everybody like who you are. What's your business? Like, give a quick intro into just who you are before we start getting into the fears and all the all the good Perfect. stuff. Perfect. Let's do it. All right. So I got like two cameras. So my eyes might be everywhere here, right? But <laughs> I'm gonna do my focus official... on the YouTube one. Focus on oh, the YouTube cool. one. Don't even worry uh-huh. about the Perfect. IG one. This is Perfect. what's getting Man, edited. You don't get no love. Somebody <laughs> Sorry, said, IG. Eddie, you guys should go to YouTube. It's way better. Like that's where we're gonna somebody... get ed stuff edited. So focus somebody on said... YouTube. IG's just kind of there to get people to YouTube. Eddie, do you do you take any days off? This is the day off. You know what I mean? This, this isn't work, right? This is just yeah. This is with, with my guy here. So. um my name, first name Eddie, last name Charger, aka Mama. There goes that man. I'm based out of here in Atlanta, Georgia. It's been my home. Uh, some people call it my city. I like to share though, so it's it's perfectly okay. There's a lot of greats where I come from, and um, originally I'm from New York. Grew up in Philadelphia, uh, and I did the traditional thing, right? I end up falling in love with an amazing girl. Uh, with an amazing smile and a big butt, who just so happens to be from the South, right? And so we moved Love down it. here, and uh, it's it's been the, the, the best ever since. I've always wanted a Southern girl, you know what I mean? Like, there's something about the Southern hospitality, you know, how they just, everything that they do, man, it's great. So um, I've been here, man, just been enjoying life and getting ready for these, like, amazing new chapters that I've already seen playing in my head. And you're a real estate investor. So tell us, like, what's your what's your business right now? All right. So my business right now, um, we like to say for 2023, right, because things kind of changed. And so for right now, I like to say myself, my partners, we are doing what's called the cash flow triangle. So we're investors and we focus on three major things. Right. So I am heavy in um, short term rental, midterm rental. Um, extremely deep. I'm just getting started on this, but we're going extremely deep on uh, Section 8 affordable housing. <clears throat> and then the last piece of the triangle is commercial real estate, right? So if you guys probably follow me already, you know, I've been doing a lot in the multifamily space. Um, and that's also including storage units. So all so buy that, and hold. It sounds like you're oh, only here buy and hold. Everything. everything. I'm, the, I'm probably going to be the most stingy investor that you know. I'll, I'll never sell. Ah, nice. Okay. So no wholesale, no flipping, just keeping on to everything you buy. Well, no, no. So I, I didn't get rid of my other businesses, right? So I still have an investment company that does um, wholesaling. I have an amazing team who's probably watching me right now, but should be off the clock. Uh, so I have like Ashley, who's my acquisition manager. 
Anastasia, who is, uh, she does all of our lands and lot deals. Um, I have my, um, I have a young lady who actually today's her birthday. Happy birthday, Stacy. Happy uh, birthday, Stacy. She does all of our JV deals. So like when people send me JV deals and stuff like that, she's the first one that gets to it and kind of works through everything. Uh, and then I got like my dispo guys on the team that kind of kill it. So I have Franklin uh, and I have Dylan who, you know, help us out. And I got- Okay, Rhonda, so you're just a who, beast overall. Dude, Sounds like I you own several multi-family units, storage apartments, Airbnbs, doing some flips, no, listen, doing some check, old check sales. Here's something real cool that we got going on. So uh, myself and two of my partners, right? Um, they're actually the ones that started the podcast. We just started a podcast and they're my partners in it. Ooh. But we started a uh, brokerage. Right. And so we have top brokerage, oh. which is just focused on working with investors. Hmm. So that's going to be dope. You're going to see some cool stuff. Up. But yeah, I, I keep busy. I like this, man. I, I kind of, you know. I love it. Damn. So that's crazy. Brokerage, owning, owning commercial, uh, wholesaling, some flipping, some Airbnbs. You're just doing everything. We're just going to like throw out the whole nine yards. Get, I love it. While I'm young. Get it in while yeah, I'm hell young. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You know okay. I mean? So overall, a huge beast. Um, so an amazing guy to learn from. Uh, one of the guys I've seen in Subdue doing so many cool things. And I'm so glad he's on here today. Um, so I'm going to start it off the same way that I start off all of these, right? And basically, it's this. Like what, when you were starting off, like what was your... When, when we let's go back to Eddie at the very beginning, what were your mm. like deepest fears? What were like mm. the things that were like keeping you back right when you were starting before you had done any deals when you were yeah. just starting off? Yeah. So this is going to be wild because the honest to God truth, this is probably going to be, is going to connect to a lot of people. My deepest fear when I was starting off was not being enough. Mm. Right. Like, it's 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 one of the things that and I quite don't I haven't understood yet why that happens. Like what what in our childhood that kind of summons this thing up. But it's this like thought that you have that's continuing being told by the greatest liar that, you know, and that's yourself. Mm. Right. And so um, I think that was one of the main things that kind of like was the first shock for me, right? Like when I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go do this. And it's like, everybody else is seeing me from the outside. Like, yeah, you could do that, bro. Like, oh, you, yeah, you could do that. And then on the inside, I'm having the self-doubt, the self-doubt, the self-talk that's negative. Just the things that are like behind closed doors, nobody else sees, but I'm battling with trying to figure out like, am I enough? Like, can I really do this? Can I really buy up my first home like are they gonna take me serious can i really talk to this person and you know that's like a really deep thing because it happens in not just like business or real estate it's just like in life right we always believe the biggest liar in the room which is ourselves internally and so can i ask what um where do you think that came from? Like, for instance, for me, one of my things, one of my greatest fears was always spending money, right? And I, I think you hit it on the nail where it comes from childhood. Mine was, I had issues spending money because my mom and my dad had constantly been saying, save for a rainy day, mm -hmm. don't spend more than you make, like, mm -hmm. like all of this stuff, which like yeah, in certain contexts are great advice, yeah. but like it's middle-class thinking yeah. a little bit versus like 
you know, rich people thinking is like use debt. Like, yeah, you don't have all the money, but that's okay. Like mm-hmm. there's such things as good debt. So what do you think? Do you think it was something your parents told you? Do you think it was something else? Where do you think that, yeah. that fear might've come from? Yeah. So I've done, because of this fear I had, right. I've done a lot of extensive research just like on myself and I continue to do so. Like I'm a huge scholar when it comes to, especially like the mind. Right. And so I've done, mm-hmm. uh, I'm certified, um, teacher NLP and I'm like, I'm doing a lot of things when it comes to mindset and things like that. And for what I've discovered, believe it or not, a lot of the, let's call it traumas, right? Because that's that's what it is, right? Like what you talked about, your parents thought they were helping you, but what they were doing was installing a trauma into you that is impeding a growth that you're trying to get through or that you tried to get through, right? Obviously now you, you surpassed that, right? But that was the thing. So for me, believe it or not, it started when I had no idea it was taking place. It, and this is going to sound kind of wild, but we'll go with me on this one, right? It started when I was in my mom's belly. Oh. So I had no real understanding of things, right? But if you study NLP, you understand what I'm saying, right? If you don't, I got you. I'm not going to lose you. Here's, here's how it works. You know how, like, the mom and the child are very connected, right? Like, if the child yeah. is feeling something, the mom showcases, right? If the mm-hmm. mom is feeling something, the child actually feels that. So Right. When I was born, or around the time I was born, my parents were separate, right? So my, my parents are Haitian immigrants, and my dad was not in the same place that my mom was in. My dad was working in a whole different country. My mom was here in the States in New York City in the 80s, mm-hmm. all right? My mom didn't speak any English, um, and, you know, at that time, you know, my mom was, like, going to work at a factory, speaking zero to zero enough amount of English and in the middle of like winter storms walking around because she had no car and didn't fully understand transportation because she just came from Haiti. She's walking around pregnant. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of like things that she was being told and self-doubt she was having about just like what was going on at that time that she was experiencing and that was being downloaded by me. Interesting. So you so you basically think that like a lot of these things, like a lot of the fears that you had as an entrepreneurship literally started when you were inside your mom and she was dealing with her own traumatic things and that these feelings were penetrating into your um, into your body. And that makes sense. I mean, like if she's stressed, that means her cortisol levels rise, which means like and, no. and that blood's going through you. Right. Like there's also all the neurochemical reactions that are happening in her happen in you. Mm-hmm. So that is, that is insane. This is the first time I've ever heard someone go that far back. So, oh yeah. It gets crazy, deeper, right? Bro. That when you're, when you get a little bit older, like in your toddler years, it, it's, it's easier. And a lot of times it happens and we don't know, right? Like who knows us better than our kids, right? Like our kids know every small little detail about you on an emotional level. So when our parents are like, bickering or fighting or like in a real stressful situation that energy that they have and you're around that like you you take that in too and they don't even know they're giving it to you right like they didn't have the tools necessary to kind of deal with that and so we grow up with that gotcha so so you think your mom was dealing with stuff when she was pregnant with you and then it translated into the fears of like you weren't good enough Mm -hmm. um how so how did you overcome that because that's that's from the birth that's very genetic so that's insane that sounds insanely hard to come over 
mm-hmm. what were your methods for coming over it? Because now you're an insanely successful entrepreneur. Yeah. What, what did you what did you do? So here's the thing, right? Like when you're in trauma and everyone else around you is in trauma, you don't know that you're in trauma, right? Mm-hmm. So growing up, I didn't know that I kind of had this issue, right? It wasn't until you kind of get exposed to different lifestyle, different people and kind of realize like, hey, well, what what is it about them versus about me that kind of makes the change? And that was the first thing, right? Exposure. Um, that was kind of like the, the window to another way of living life without having to kind of go through the mental anguish or process that I have to go through every time I want to make a decision that's supposed to be better for me, right? And so it's the continuing doing research and seeking out individuals who are talking about, you know, um, how to heal, right? How to eliminate, how to not place blame, right? Because it's like, it's not your fault. You want to be angry at somebody. I'm not going to be angry at my mom. You know what I mean? It's like, right. so it's like, what do you do with that feeling that you have that you you want to kind of release onto somebody? You got to learn ways to be able to deal with that. And it's one, by me understanding that there was a problem there. And then two, seeking out, you know, counsel via books or like seminars, or even if you had to like go to speak to a person, right? Like maybe a therapist or a, a coach or something like that to be able to kind of like walk you back through things. That's what's beneficial. And I've done all of that. And I will continue to do all of that because- even Are there as- any resources you recommend like that you would recommend with somebody who dealt with the trauma that like you had to deal with growing up? It sounds oh, yeah, like- yeah. So here's the first here's the first thing I recommend, right? If you're dealing with trauma, um, we're getting the real soft, the real sauce guys. Like for like, we're getting. I'm getting this whole podcast is about disbanding every single fear possible, so that you're able to achieve your dreams through yeah. entrepreneurship and real estate. So I it's love gonna it. be it's gonna be dope. So the first thing is gonna be really unorthodox, but it's necessary. Believe it or not. Okay. Uh, the first thing is you got to. Become a go-giver. In fact, that's Mm. the title of a book that I would gladly make sure everybody gets a copy of if I can. But just download it if you if you you know can see it. It's by Bob Berg, and essentially the book talks about being able to stop trying to receive and just give, right? Mm -hmm. And not give in the event of like, well, it's going to come back to me, right? Just freely give. And the reason why that's the most important and first thing I think when it comes to dealing with trauma is when you're dealing with trauma, then you become aware of the trauma. You develop this like obsession to like want to be righted. Like, okay, everything needs to change or need to happen because I'm old this, right? Like I need this because I will have this or, you know, I'm gonna touch some touchy subjects here, right? Like, um, you know, I don't deserve this because I got abused. I don't deserve right. this because I was touched by someone. I don't deserve this. And so now you need to make sure you change and make it about me. And in return, what we're doing is, is basically fight or flight, right? Like you were traumatized. And so now you're treating other people that's around you in a way that's traumatic to them. And so right. essentially all you're doing is repeating the cycle. And so by learning to become a go-giver, you remove that sense of like, this should be for me. And now you're making it to someone else. And there's something about that element that opens you up to the Mm. process of healing and understanding, 
right? Like being able to give to someone else without the expectation of something in return is like, it's cheat code to, I think, almost everything you can think of. Can you give us an example of being a go-giver that helped you kind of get over these fears or get over these traumas? Can you think? Oh, about yeah, Ab absolutely, man. I think it's, okay. it's extremely easy, especially <laughs> when you're broke. Easy. <laughs> when you are broke, let me tell you, you it's so easy for you to be a go-giver, right? Because you, you got nothing. You got nothing, right? And and, and that's, a, that's a crazy thing about it, right? Like most people think, okay, if you're the richest man or woman on earth, you are the most, you're like, you're the perfect match to be a go-giver. Mm -hmm. When in, in all reality, right, like the less you have, the more impactful what you give is, is actually received. So there's a there's a, a book that I absolutely love. And there's a story in that book that talks about, um, you know, there was this like place in the middle of this town that every every particular day, the people in the town would come and they would give like, you know, whatever their earnings was, a percentage of it. OK, so those that had a little bit kind of gave or whatever like that those that had a lot made it a big deal right like they had like guards come in trumpets played it was a real spectacle so you can see them drop the big bag because this is them giving back right and then one of the guys that was there he was a teacher and he was he was watching this with his students and it was a young lady that came and she took out of this dusty bag two cents and she dropped it in right and everybody kind of was like, man, she should just kept that. Like, what is that? That's that's not worth anything. And the teacher was like, what you failed to understand is what she gave was worth more than what the guy with the big bag gave, simply because that was the true essence of all that she had. And she could have kept it, but she gave it. Isn't that, isn't that also, I'm pretty sure, isn't that like a, isn't there like a parable with like Jesus and like a person who that's, did that? That's, that's the exact same story. Yeah. Okay. The, yeah, yeah. the book okay. is the Bible. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was the saying. I was like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's in the Bible. Okay. I ruined the punchline yeah. there. <laughs> I, I, I do. I get a lot of my uh, like studies and teachings and stuff like that. I, I get a lot because parables are teachings that stand the test of time, right? right. They're, they're like principles. Right. And so the principle doesn't change. The principle is like a law. You know what I mean? So it's like no matter how long of times you go, what comes up must come down is going to be it for forever. Right. And so that's an example. I would I would kind of tell you guys like how being able to give the least of what you have benefits you in a big way. So like me personally, one I can give, I can give one that I did recently. Right. So a lot of times people are. Um, you know, Atlanta has a huge uh, homeless population issue, right? And so uh, that's one of the reasons why, like, I'm really going big in the affordable housing section. So I want to be able to help. And, you know, I have, like, big goals and to be able to dive into that. But there was a, a young guy with his son that was out and had a sign. And it just wasn't a good look. You know what I mean? It wasn't a, an environment that you, you would want to see a guy out there, let alone with a young kid or whatever like that, right? And at the time, I got no money on me, right? I got one card. And I, when I mean I'm pressed for time right now, I'm legit pressed for time, right? On top of that, the guy is standing across the street on an intersection that in order for me to get to him, I have to do something illegal, all right? If that makes sense. Like the way when I, the, the direction cross, I'm headed, like yeah, I got to risk my life a little bit to be able to get to him, all right? Okay. 
And so I turn on my book and I'm like, man, let me just go, right? And internally, I knew that if I if I just turned left and, and just like went on my way, I would have regretted that moment. I don't know why, but I just knew deep down, like, you mm-hmm. know, that's not how you should do it. You know, that's not who you are. So I got across the street to him, right? Um, and I just asked him, like, hey, tell me what's going on. What do you need? Right? And, you know, he starts to pour his heart, his heart out to me. Long story short, we end up spending like 45 minutes, an hour together, um, hung out with him and his kid, took them to their hotels, got them a couple of nights worth of, you know, um, I paid for a couple of nights for them to, to prolong the stay of their, they were staying, whatever, gave my contact information. Um, and turns out because of that, now watch this, watch how this works. Because of that, he had reached back out to me and he told me like, Hey, I was able to not be out anymore and stayed in the house, got a good night rest. The following day, he actually had an opportunity with a casting director because turns out he was actually a singer. He just happened to be down on his luck and him and his wife was actually at the hotel currently pregnant. Okay. They just happened to be going through a crazy situation right now. Wait, and, sorry, let me interrupt just so I understand. So he was on yeah. the side of the road and he needed money. He, yeah, he, he needed, he, they was looking for, he was trying to get money so that he can basically feed his wife and gotcha. the young okay. child and the, the, the baby that's in the belly. Gotcha. Right. Um, so I helped him in any way that I could. And because of that, right, he was able to go home. Well, not go home, but go back to the hotel, not have to deal with what he was going to have to do with that night. Right. Um, he ended up getting a, you know, like a, a casting position to see some sort of thing, whatever like that. Right now, will I ever see this guy again? Probably not. Right. Unless right. it's a big place. Who knows? Right. Right. The point is for that time frame, I wasn't focused on myself. I was solely focused to pour anything and everything that I had to be able to help him. Right. Okay? And because of that, because of that change, like, you have you ever heard of the butterfly effect? Yes. All right. So. But tell the people what it is. Tell so what the people what it is. The butterfly effect, there's like a study that says like when a, butterf- a butterfly can flap his wings like in Japan, for example, or whatever like that. And the, the just the butterfly flapping his wings technically all the way over here like we feel that right so it's like every one thing that happens it has an effect into like several other major great things right now i don't know what the result of that is going to be if if that means tomorrow someone's going to say hey i want to give you 100 million dollars or whatever that's not the point the the butterfly effect that i got was the innate feeling of Mm -hmm. being able to help someone without expecting anything or needing anything in return. And in that time frame, if I had self-doubt or if I had any like negative traumas that I was still dealing with, you no longer sense it. Right. Like you, you can't feel those negative things or the traumas when you're focused on helping others. 100%. That was 100% what I was about to get into too because the, the thing that a lot of times happens because we have, like, I don't even know if you're religious at all, but like a I lot am, of times. Very much so. I, yeah. I say I'm a, I'm a practicing Christian, right? So I'm always right. trying to get it right. I love it. Right. 
Um, and I like playing devil's advocate. I've always like, I grew up kind of like, I, I'm a little bit more agnostic. I'm not as religious, mm -hmm. but I like, but what I like about this stuff, guys, that we're talking about is even if you don't believe in the universe, even if you're like, no, that's hocus pocus. Like, like, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in any of this, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. There's like a scientific reality behind this too, which is what mm -hmm. Eddie was also getting into of it's literally making you feel different. It is changing your biology, doing things like that. When you go out and you like risk your life a little bit, go out and like give to somebody else, this is going to change your biology. And I think it literally heals the trauma that you've been dealing with your entire life because in that moment you feel at peace. They call mm -hmm. these are rules of the universe because they are, they are, there is a scientific basis behind them. So it's not, even if you aren't spiritual, like literally you're going to feel so much better for having done that, taking the two minutes out of the day to make that guy's life better in a sense that it has already come back to Eddie tenfold. I guarantee whatever he did that day for that man, Eddie got tenfold of that. And I've noticed this entirely in my entire life that it not only it's not only a law of the universe, I'm spiritual too. Like I, I wouldn't say I'm agnostic as much. I'm spiritual in the sense that like I give into charity where I give 10K and I get 10X back almost always. It's really weird. It's mm -hmm. and, and it's actually like a little, people don't know this. There's a small verse in if getting biblical in like the Old Testament. That's about like, this is the one thing you can test God on. Like the one thing you can test God on is giving to charity or giving to others and seeing if you get more back. Um, yep. Um, he says, don't test him on anything else, but this one thing you can literally test me and it works. Um, and I think it's literally because of how you feel on the inside as well. And like spreading that goodness, spreading that joy is definitely an amazing way of healing the trauma. And I love it that you're bringing this up because I think it's the number one way to do it is to like getting over. You cannot feel fear when you feel gratefulness and like happiness for having it's impossible. It's impossible. It's, impossible. it's not possible to have those two feelings at the same time. Yeah. Um, like I remember like I like like when I've made it a habit when like I'm having a bad day to try to donate $500 if I if I'm like not going crazy with it. That's and like fine. I'll feel a little bit better about it. Yeah. Like everything's like everything's gonna be okay donated $500, things are going to work out. And they always do work out in the end. Yeah. It always does every single time. So I love that you brought this up, man. Like I love that idea of to get over fear, give to somebody, give, it doesn't have to be money if you don't have any money, by the way, guys, right? Like you can mm -hmm. give, you can give time. You can give like, you can just be there for a friend. You can like say, I love you to your mom. It can literally be anything that like, is just a little gift that you can give to somebody. It doesn't necessarily have to be monetary. So I love that, man. I love and, that. And it's like a great it, way of doing it. It doesn't have to be like, you know, when you're like, oh, I'm in a bind, let me go give, right? Like you should always, like something right. I've been doing for the past couple of years now is like on my birthdays, like I don't, I don't want any gifts. I don't want anything. Like I go and give my time the whole entire day to different organizations, right? right. Like what, what better way to celebrate the day that you should be getting the most or whatever like that by continuing to get right. And so different ways you could be able to do it for sure. I love it. Awesome. Are any other ways that you like curing trauma or is that like the main, main, main way? I also, think that's the, that, that's one of the ways to, well, oh, what's up? What's up? Yeah, you're, you're, getting, you're getting some, you're getting some love in here. Keep going. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh man. Okay. That's a great way so, of curing trauma. I think that's probably one of the first ways, and I think it's one of the easiest ways, especially because a lot of times, you know, if you want to seek out professional help to kind of help you 
go through some things, it's at a cost, right? And so I don't want anybody to listen to this and be like, oh man, I would do it, but I can't afford to. And so I'm just going right. to keep it going back and forth. Like, no, you can actually start without the professional health because as human beings, you have the power to heal yourself mm. in every capacity. I right? love it. I know those that are out there will make you believe that you can't, like you're incapable of, but the truth of the matter is you can't. Right now, you may need someone to guide you along that way, which is perfect. Right. But I, I think one of the other things that I follow in, in life and in business, especially uh, when we're talking about this, is having the proper expectations. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're dealing with trauma, OK, from something that happened or something that just was impactful to you, you can't expect you to go to a seminar or read a book and be like, OK, this should help. And then when the help doesn't in turn look the way that you wanted it to now say, well, it doesn't work. I can't be fixed. Like I know so many people who are like <coughs> in their sixties and seventies and refuse to change how mm -hmm. they like do things in life simply because they grew up or had something traumatic happen to them and, or something fearful that's holding them back. And because they tried several times before to get it right and it didn't, they just gave up. And they're like, right. and we hear people like, right, well, this, this is how I am. It's just the right. way I am. And even worse is people who are just, we make excuses for them, right? Because we love them. So we're just like, man, don't worry about that. That's just how, just how grandpa is, right? That's just how, you know, whatever. It's um, so bad. It's so bad because the word is so powerful. What you say aloud becomes reality. So I'm just saying, yeah. If you if you down. own up, if you own up to your, um, not own up. If you claim your trauma, your trauma becomes yours, and mm. no one is going to try to wrestle that from you. So you got to make sure that you know, stop claiming. Stop, stop using it as your scapegoat for why you react or do things the way that you do. Recognize that it is a problem, right? And then be able to start making it work. So, like, so again, there's certain books you should read. I wish I could kind of give you guys like, here's what book to read, but everybody's trauma is different. So right. I can't necessarily, right? But Give us a um, few. Just give us so a few that you like. I would, oh, listen, there's, there's a bunch here. So my library is to the side. I can just read off of here, right? So I told you to go give her. Um, one that I like is the Underdog Advantage by what's his name? That's Dean Graciosa. Oh, nice. Right? That's a really good book because it allows you to a lot of people continue to see, like, oh well, that's nice. Like that's good for them. That could never be me. Right? We people do that like like, oh, oh, I can see how, for example, Pace, right? Oh, I can see how Pace could be X, Y, and Z or talking on stages, but that can never be me though. And sometimes why they don't say why it couldn't be them, right? Yeah, why like, not, man? Why not? Like, <laughs> what? Why couldn't it be you, right? And so the mentality has to change, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's one of the biggest things when dealing with like your fear. It's mm -hmm. first like acknowledging it, and then changing the mentality by being able to have understanding of the trauma, right? Like right. I, I I used to be. And I'm still like, if my if my my little sister's seen this right now, she'd probably be like, "No, nah, he's still scared of spiders." So here, I'm not scared <laughs> of spiders, right? Here's here's the thing: I don't like the fact that spiders can move so fast, right? Like I, I grew up in the hood, 
right? If you jump on me real quick, you know, I got a buck, right? So that's my thing yeah, with Christ. But, but I, I have two young kids now, right? My son is eight. My daughter is three. Okay. Sometimes, you know, a spider will come in the house, right? And I can't be acting all scared, right? This is time you should, So how do you go about, like, dealing with something like that? It's very simple, right? I started to do research and understand everything that I could about a spider. And Interesting. now, because I have the understanding, the fear is no longer there because I know how to handle, what to handle. I even know which situations... It's probably not a situation I want to do it. Like if I was in Australia and I saw a spider, I probably, I actually, I'll never be in Australia. Sorry to the good people <laughs> out there. But Australia is the only place that I know in the Sorry, world. Sorry, Australia, you're not, you're not going to oh get any Yeti. Sorry, guys. So Sorry, it's not happening. You. I'm like, no way. Like, especially the spiders. Spiders as big as my head. Not I happening. Love I love it. So, okay. So, what I'm getting from that, I'm going to repeat what I really got from especially the spider story is that knowledge is another way of getting over trauma of like understanding, okay, here's what I'm afraid of, or like, here's what's causing me trauma. Let me research it. Let me understand to the T every single thing that's bothering me right now. And like, what is causing it? And through understanding, just by the power of understanding what's causing the fear or the trauma that in and of itself solves it. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Because what, what's the goal that we're trying to get to, right? It, it, the goal we're trying to get to, and I said it in the beginning, it's like having the proper expectation, right? If you don't know what your outcome is or don't know what you should be, what should look like an outcome, like you, you'll never be able to succeed. And so getting that knowledge allows you to be able to have a better expectation of what's the outcome. Like what could happen if a spider came into his room? Like most people are like my, my, um, my mother-in-law, she is deathly afraid of snakes. Hmm. It, don't, it could be a small one. It could be a big one. doesn't matter. If a snake walks into walks, if a snake slides into this room, right. My daughter would go pick up the snake and my mother-in-law will pass out. Like she's like, <laughs> she's gone. You see what I'm saying? All right. Why is that? Because in her mind, her expectation is, you know, whatever traumatic thing that she went through, uh, when she sees a snake, immediately, that's what happens. She has no real understanding of, like, how to handle it, what should be done, or et cetera, et cetera. And so, therefore, the trauma is just going to go deeper and deeper in. Right. I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely noticed that. And I'll just add one part onto what you've already said is like the next step for me also with some of my fears is understanding it. And then I've heard learned uh, this was a Jordan Peterson thing. I'm a I'm a pretty big Jordan Peterson fan. Great guy. And what he talked about with fear, like what psychologists do to get over fears, to get over phobias is you understand it, you do that first part you were talking about, and then slowly expose it to yourself, like voluntarily. Mm. And what ends up happening is it's crazy. Apparently, what ends up happening is it's not that you become less afraid, it's that you become more courageous, that you Mm. like you gain the courage, because what courage is, right, guys, is like, courage is doing things in the face of fear. It's not not having fear, not not if you don't have any fear, you're a lunatic. Yeah, right? something's like wrong. Not, okay. yeah, something's wrong. You need that fear. fear <laughs> some fear is healthy, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some fear. Uh-huh. Um, but um, in terms of like, that is the definition of courage. 
And I feel like that's what's amazing about these communities like Sub2 and Astro and stuff like that is they give you, they, they can do things like expose yourself to small amounts of what you're afraid of. So like a common fear a lot of people have, have is like cold calling, right? Like people are afraid of cold calling. They're like bothering somebody. Somebody's going to swear at them, all of that type of stuff. And I think the best way to do it, to get over somebody's fear is one of the understanding part, which the understanding part I tell to people is someone will swear at you if you're cold calling. It's gonna happen and it's gonna be totally fine. Nothing yeah, won't gonna happen. You're yeah, not yeah. gonna die. You're gonna be <laughs> yeah. totally fine. And then at the very end of it, you're gonna be totally fine. And you're gonna just you're gonna be like back to doing like the next call and you're gonna forget about it by the next day easily. Yeah. So I just, that's my little two cents too, of how to get over a fear of like what you're doing. And that's one that can also be applied to this industry, which is just another way to do it. So my man, you so far have been the record for not even having talked about your story at all. Just going into mindset immediately for 37 like, minutes. It's a big part of my story, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mindset like, is everything, man. No, 100%. Like, just in the sense that the fact that you're able to talk about mindset for this much, is, it's, I love it. It's impressive. It means you have incredible amounts of wisdom, and I've been enjoying every single moment of it. And I guarantee you, the people who are on this, comment in the YouTube chat if you've been enjoying this, too. Um, just amazing stuff up so how did you get into entrepreneurship how did that start start us down the rabbit hole all right so um the famous line is ever since i can remember i wanted to be a drug dealer right like that's the the line <laughs> from the movie um but no i honestly i didn't watch that movie when, uh, oh, you gotta, i gotta you gotta you gotta come over when we're gonna do a cookout I, I'll put it in Atlanta, i'm down let's yeah, do it. yeah yeah i think i was paid in full but um but Truthfully, man, like I grew up in Philadelphia um, and, you know, we had entrepreneurs. I was surrounded around entrepreneurs in my neighborhood. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. At the time, what they were selling probably was not uh, legal or had any sort of schooling behind it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I remember the impact that they had. Right. And mm -hmm. the influence that it had on like my neighborhood and like all the kids that was rocking around with me and playing ball and stuff like that. And then. You know, I've always just loved the fact that you can be able to build something out of nothing. That's always been my thing, right? And one day, these same entrepreneurs end up having to deal with the repercussions of what they were doing and got hauled off the jail. And immediately, I was like, I'm looking for a new type of business to get into, right? Like, I don't want to do anything like this. So like, you, started with, you started with, with, uh, with a, a drug dealer? <laughs> Well, no, I didn't start. I didn't start. Okay. Like I said, my, my parents were Haitian. There was no way I was going to be able to do it. Oh, gotcha. Also, gotcha. Right? Okay. But, but that was the influence, right? It was just like, yo, like, that's cool. Like, like you got to remember, when you're growing up and, like, all you know is your neighborhood, you don't really know the concept of what is right or is wrong until something big happens, right? And so when that big event took place and I watched these people go to jail and not come back, it was like, Okay, this isn't like I want to be able to build a business. I want to be able to solve problems, mm -hmm. but I don't want to do it illegally, right? So, what right. are the ways that I can do it? And and here's the thing: the reason why I I didn't have no clue what they were doing was right or wrong is because I wasn't exposed to what a good business person actually looks like outside of TV. There was no other way for me to be exposed to that where I grew up from, right? Mm -hmm. And so. 
as time continued to progress, I started putting myself in the in the same uh, alignment with individuals that were solving problems, giving value, and made businesses out of it, right? And I was hooked. I was hooked, man. Like I, I became the like banker in my family. I've always been about money. Just always been about learning new things and solving problems. It's so awesome. when was this? So like you, so you saw the you saw the drug dealers and you were like, screw that. I want to do this legally. And then yeah. what do you mean? Like, what was your first business venture or like, what was it just, you start researching money or like get into the specifics of the timeline? Yeah. So when I saw this, this was when I was in Philly. So this is about eight or nine. Uh, when I had that change take place and then shout out to my mom, my mom, my, both my parents have been hustlers all my life. Like my mom have had several businesses. My dad has consistently worked um, my, on the weekends, we used to go to the flea market. And we would literally wake up at the crack ass of dawn and pile everything into this huge U-Haul that we had. I mean, I was like 13 years old and I was selling bras and panties to women at a flea market. <laughs> and I got like really good. That's Remember, wild. My, my parents' English wasn't the best. So they would like translate to me and I would have to like tell this lady that she's actually a 34D and not a 34B. And why she needs to pick this set because it's actually on sale, right? So it was like... And honestly, it's always a backup, dude. If real estate doesn't work out, you can always go back to I'm, translating I'm, the 34Bs, 34Ds. If everything falls down tomorrow, I'm selling bras and panties. With, and it's like not even well, a second thought for me. You know what I mean? I mean, I, it would be the best best secondary job right behind real estate. It's not that that's bad. All I got, that's I all know. I got to say. You know, I can do what I can do. <laughs> but yeah, man. So, so but after that, right... Um, we, my parents brought clothes. We were selling clothes. They brought, um, and I first learned wholesaling from my parents, right? My We used to drive to New York. I, I remember this like yesterday. It was kind of crazy, right? We drove to New York and we, we were under a bridge, just random place. We met some dude. He opened up his truck and he had, I want to say it was like eight or nine boxes filled of like telephones, hmm. right? And it was just like, I mean, filled to the brim, overflowing telephones and they was like, all right, boom, let's do it. And I was like, I feel like something illegal is happening here, right? My parents were like, shut up, get in the car. So we we get, we get these boxes, come home, we clean the phones, repackage them, and then I'm out selling phones, bras, and panties, bro, and like oh, making it work, right? And so when I got into high school, uh, I got connected with like my best friend, still my best friend to this day, Jimmy Charles. And we started our first official business together was lawn care. And mm. that is like the beginning. How old were you? Right? I was 13. Wow. So you're yeah. purebred, dude. That's some purebred oh, entrepreneurship. Like you're starting at 13. Yeah. That's a genetic thing. That's like a thing where it's just in you type of stuff. So yeah, I love it. Yeah. But, but that's the thing. Like I've, I've, there's certain motivations that were always there. Right. Like, but at the, at the root of all my motivations, it was like, how can we solve this problem? Hmm. Right. And, you know, it just ends up developing in businesses. Right. It's like, the, like right. I, people call me now to just like, Hey, what do you think about this? And I'm like, all right, here, you know, here's, here's how I would do it. Right. And then we bounce ideas and it's just like, it feels good. And maybe it's part of still like healing trauma. Right. Because right. It, it legit just feels good for me to like help and be able to give that feedback. So that's kind of like how the lineage went, man. And I went from like businesses. I had a clothing company um, at, at, at one point in time. I had like a designer. This is like I don't know if, if you guys 
remember this, but this is right when like jerseys was coming out and everybody was wearing like basketball jerseys, NFL jerseys. And so what what we were doing is we were buying them jerseys and we were cutting out like certain logos off of the jerseys and we were sewing them in the jeans and we were Mm. selling them and we were making a killing. And then one of the, um, I I believe it was Jabot jeans end up doing the same thing. Obviously, they had a larger distribution company. Right. And so it was like, well, it's time to, time to let that go, right? Time to move into the next business. Um, and then I got into network marketing, multi-level network marketing. So give uh, us the timeline a little bit. So we just, we went from you. So this 13. is all before, this is, this is all before, I got into network marketing at 18. Okay, so all of that was high school. So you were doing businesses all, throughout high was, school. Not, probably not working. even... Yeah, and I'm probably not really paying attention in school. You're like, this isn't. I I just I know listen, this story. So I I got to I got to high school right, and I got um, I, I was I was getting money from the businesses. I I was like, oh, I'm I'm pretty athletic. I like I wanted to play football, but I was like, no, nah, I'd rather play basketball. And they had like conflicting schedules, so I go play basketball. I make the team. The very next day, I get a job at GameStop, and I quit the team. I'm like, oh. I'm making money. Like, what, what are we talking about, right? <laughs> so so um, all through high school, it was just about being a hustler, right? right. And, and I, I want to kind of correct that terminology too. Like, you, it's okay to be a hustler. And if you're a hustler right now, that's great. But I urge you to change your mindset from being a hustler to an investor. Because mm-hmm. an investor is a whole different ballgame, right? If you're a hustler, technically, you are a high-paying hamster wheel. Right. Like you get money, but you always after the bag. Right. If you're an investor, you buy businesses and you sit back and you try to figure out where else you want to go shopping, where else you want to take kids. Like what you see what I'm saying? It's it's a whole different mindset. There's nothing necessarily wrong with being a hustler. But again, claim what you truly want. And so, um. I, anyway, let me get back to it. So no, I, I like that. Let's say that I kind of want to say on that for a second because okay. I think this is also a good thing to talk about, in the sense that I've noticed this where people I know people who are doing less business glorify. Ah, oh, I'm working 12, 13 hour days. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like you, like I'm freaking doing this. Like I got banana going on, and I'm like oh, making dude, all these calls. I'm doing it. Like I'm gonna, I'm the best because I work 12 to 13 hour days. I'm like. I'm yeah. thinking to myself, I'm like, the goal is to not work that hard and make a ton of money. So yep. I don't know, where are you going? Like, I almost Listen. feel like you're using this as like to compensate for the insecurity. And I did it too when I was starting to compensate for the mm-hmm. insecurity of being a real entrepreneur. So yeah. I, I want you to talk about this. Like, I think this is a good thing to dispel of like, being a hustler sucks. Yeah. Making no, money is dead. It's dead. Being a, being a hustler is dead. You know what I mean? Like, right. again, everything has a season. So if you're in your hustle phase right now, by all right. means, get to the back, right? But the right. goal is to be able to become an investor. Um, it, and what you said is, 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 is like, there's a point that you made I really want to make sure we go over, right? Like, people use that to kind of like say like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working, right? I'm, look right. at all the stuff I'm doing. Not understanding what you're saying is that you're busy but not productive right and if you want success 
you have to learn how to become productive, especially in this day and age that we live in, where like literally we are trading attention because we're fighting distractions all day long. Like it's 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 wild how much distractions is available and people are trying to understand, like, I don't understand why can't I hit my goals? Why can't I make it? First of all, you shouldn't have goals, but that's a that's a, a whole different thing, right? But you really got to learn how to be able to zoom in and focus on what you're trying to go for. And being busy is not it. You got to learn to be productive. Wait, sorry, did you, you say you don't have goals? Did I hear that right? Yeah. 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 The, Wait, I, 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 what do you mean by that? <laughs> so my, my, team, my team, we, we, don't, we don't have goals. Here's, here's the thing, right? Um, I don't necessarily curious. believe in goals. I believe in systems. Okay. Right. There's a there's a saying, I forgot the book, but there's a saying that you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. Okay, interesting. Okay. Right. So think think about it like this. Um if you have a so you, you basically want to be able to err on the side of having a system, not a goal. Being consistent is systems because if you're consistent you're doing the same exact thing every single day to get to the the the, the thing you want to accomplish having a goal is just having a to-do list but if there's no systems behind it you easily can get lost being busy around your to-do list but not become productive mm, so it, okay. there's, a, there's a difference there like it, and, and you have to make the distinction because it's so easy to get lost between one side and the other, right? Like, how does that differentiate, like, in in your business? Like, now I'm very curious because, like, I yeah. do, I definitely set goals, or like in my mind, I set goals. Like this, yeah. like, like I made it. Like this year, I'm making 1.25 million in active income wholesaling. Perfect. I love that. And flipping this year, I love that. like, right? That to so, me, that's so, a goal. So, what, what, how would you change that, or well, what would you? That, right? Yeah. Let's take that. Oh, I, my girl Ashley here. I'm gonna tell you what she. I call it the Ashley method because I was talking to her and she, she like we was going back and forth about something and she yeah. said these three things and I was like, this. By I'm, the way, I'm really it's. This. I think she's on IG. If you go on YouTube and you comment on the YouTube comments, I'll like put you up here on the screen. You'll become part of the conversation if you say something. Oh, very man, let's do it. So let's just FYI to everybody, I want y'all coming in too. So come, anyway, come through. Come through. Hit the link. And be able to join us over yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, look at my name because wow. I know you can't copy it from IG. But just look at my name. You'll find it, Scorch the Fears. Anywho, so my yeah. goal, 1.25 million this year. 1.25, right? So okay. watch this. Watch this. I'm going to break this down. So that's your goal. Hmm. Now, how are you going to accomplish that? So I'm going to do it through my wholesaler company and like my the flips that I'm doing like and like do you want me to keep going into like the different steps to get to that end goal is that kind of what you mean by systems is making sure you know the steps to it that, that's exactly it but here's here's the thing if you only focus on the steps the systems that you have in place then by like you don't have to try to focus on the goal like it'll happen automatically right like think about it like this like mm. you've your kids or That's you were taught the systems on how to brush your teeth right why the goal of brushing your teeth is not to have a clean mouth or whatever like that right it's that you don't follow the goal of brushing your teeth right you follow these systems of good health and part of good health interesting is your teeth well and so you follow the system of every morning you wake up and you brush your teeth every meal you brush your teeth you floss those are systems you're following not goals 
right? That's so, so interesting. if you want to be successful, right, you want to accomplish your what you, what you set out to accomplish, what your intent is on. So I don't say goals. I say, what what is your intent? Okay. Right? If you're looking to follow your intent, you have to have systems that is in place that if you follow these systems every single day, I don't care what is happening, you will hit your 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 intent of 1.25. Interesting. So I guess the idea is what you're saying. What I think I'm getting from what you're saying is it's not, don't focus on the go, focus on how do I make a system that naturally produces that? Like how what do am I, I what is my system? system? What's wrong with how do I system? follow someone else's system so that I can achieve what they have achieved, right? Like, okay, if I wanted to be, right, this is going to be so easy. If I wanted to be the greatest basketball shooter in the game today, right, argumentally, we could say that's Steph Curry, okay? Now, that's my goal, and I can have a to-do list. I'm going to wake up, I'm going to shoot shots, I'm going to eat well, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to do blah, 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 blah. These are my to-do lists, right, for my goal. If I go learn directly from Steph Curry, I can assure you him and his team has a system in place that has guaranteed the level of success that he's had. Right. And so therefore, if I want the same level of success, I follow the systems. When you walk into any company that's successful, any company that's trading right now, they don't have goals set aside. They have systems to give them an outcome that they are predicting. I gotcha. I get what you mean. Like using your example, Steph, Steph isn't worried about becoming MVP. He's worrying about shooting 200 three-pointers every single He's day. He's doing it, right? Yeah, I right? get what you mean. And this, that's why you can't, you can't say, well, that's the same thing, right? That's like my to-do list. No, it's thing. not at all. I totally it's get not. that. It's not. I mean, if you look at your to-do list, I promise you, just in a given week, it's totally different every single day. Right. Hands down. Right. Like your to do list is not going to get you the same thing. To do list is for goals. Systems is for success of you, what whatever your intent is. Right. And so one thing I, I do want to mention, like, OK, well, how do I stop myself from the distraction phase? Right. I kind of mentioned that. So the Ashley method is these three things. And whenever you're like, OK, this is a system. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I know when I'm supposed to be doing it. And then now you're just like, oh, let me scroll on Instagram real quick. I was supposed to go get something. I found I found this, this, the Scorch Methods website. Um, oh, boom. Now, all of a sudden, 15 minutes later, you're still scrolling. And you're like, damn, how did I get sucked in this? Understand, first of all, that's not your fault. There's a lot of people who are like downing themselves. Because if you're going through the Scorch Method, it's just going to happen. You know, you're going to get distracted. It's I'm producing I'm incredible like, content. It's, like, it's, I, like, like whatever method this is, you're gonna get lost in the sports. You're, you're like four videos in, and you're like, "What the hell is going on? I ain't getting anything done today, right?" <laughs> but when, when you when you go through that phase, you just gotta remember three things to the Ashley method, right? It's what am I doing, okay? Why am I doing it, and is it getting me closer to? my accomplished my accomplishment what i'm trying to accomplish and if you can't answer that and feel good about those answers then you should get back to your systems hmm. right you, that's how you stop distractions can you give like a like an example of that in like obviously everyone knows when they're watching youtube that they're not supposed to be watching youtube mm -hmm. right like what like 
is there any example where it's might be harder to notice that you're getting distracted by something oh, stupid or is it mainly just for stupid absolutely. things or is like no that's the thing is not so i'll give you a great example right like um let's say you are so you're focused on a goal or you're focused on accomplishing something right and what you're trying to accomplish you have the the means that you want to use to be able to accomplish that okay right. now something comes out let's say pace comes out right and pace like hey here's another method that right. we've been using and it's been great and you're like huh okay you know what let me try doing that and now you are on your to-do list of trying to learn and figure out and now test out you've completely abandoned the system that has been already placed so you can try to adapt another one and it's really just a distraction because if you if if that was the case right you can almost pick up anything in the world to make money there's a person making millions of dollars right now by selling plastic spoons right, right. so if you if you wanted to Jay, just get off right now. Find out how you can get some plastic spoons and sell a 1.2 million worth of plastic spoons. You could do it. Right. Right. But that's not what your intent is on. Right. So you have to be able to figure out how do I stay focused on my intent? Intent is probably like the most important thing that I can like. If you guys don't know, learn nothing else from me, understand that intent is intent and expectation is probably the two most important things that you will ever be able to go to because intent allows you to be super focused it allows you to work on simplicity and it allows you to be consistent so i have a question for you yeah. why are you why are you differentiating intent from a goal what what there's like some there's a reason why you're really emphasizing using the word intent mm -hmm. versus goals yep. and i want to know what it is because if somebody says to you, like, I'm very intent on doing X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. right? Versus I have a goal to accomplish X, Y, and Z. A goal is still very lofty, right? Mm -hmm. How many goals have people? Okay, today is January 12th. 70% of people's goals that they made on December 31st has already gone out the window. Right. It's done. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it's like, oh, well, next year. It's always next year. It's like, damn, right. it's the 12th, right? But if you have an intent, right, a, a deep desire to be able to accomplish something by utilizing a system in place that is simple, right? It's not difficult. It's not 100 steps. It's two steps. Wake up, do this, and do that. That's it. And it's so simple that it allows you to be consistent, Right? that consistency now allows you to remain super focused it's it's how obsession happens if you name mm. any competitor if you name any amazing person that's just like oh yeah th their name is synonymous with something everybody also says they're obsessed yeah right? you know what i love about what you're saying right now that is just hitting me so hard and i'm just so glad this is one of the there are a few podcasts where like oh i needed that right why I needed that is because I've thought about the one point, like the 1.25 million. Sometimes I think about it and I'm like, man, that's going to be rough. Like that's, that seems so hard. Like that seems so like far away. Right. Like mm -hmm. I've thought about that, about like um, the 1.25 million. I like, I like 
I've had moments where I think that I'm like, man, I don't know if I can hit that because it's so high. Well, if I was instead focusing on the intent on the processes of, okay, if I'm focusing on the system, that seems way more doable than yep. the lofty number of 1.25 yes. million. Yeah, I love absolutely. that psychologically. So that's a, that's a but, big gift for me. But also too, right? You can't control the 1.25. Right. Right. So, and here's the other thing about what you can or cannot control. If you follow the systems, would you be mad if you don't do the 1.25 and instead you end up doing 2 mil? Are you going to give the money back? Because if you are, you could give me the, the, the remaining. <laughs> you know what I get saying? what like, you mean in the sense that if I focus on the systems, um, I haven't failed my promises or my intentions. Well, like if I don't hit the uh, 1.25 at the end of the year, I'm going to just feel bad. And yeah. that's stupid. That's in no. the end just dumb to feel bad about not hitting a goal versus like if you just focus on the intentions that that will naturally happen and you're taking the emotion out of it. So you're mm -hmm. not tripping like like I like I do this a lot where I'm tripping about like, oh, God, like what's happening with this deal? When I when I'm having this deal, it's not going to close. Oh, no. my God, that's 50K. That means I'm not going to hit the 1.25. And then it just spirals out of freaking and control. So that's right? why that's why I don't like goals, because right. it, it so easy puts you in a position where now you're like you're super emotional about one particular deal, even though you're working on hundreds. Right. right? Or your worst enemy comes out and starts bad-mouthing you, which right. is yourself, right? And we always listen to ourselves. And so now you're like, well, maybe 1.2 is 2.5. I can probably do 500. And it just continues to happen, right. right? So eliminate goals. Take that out the way so that's not a thing that you continue to focus on. Instead, make sure that you're following systems. And the crazy thing about systems, right? Think of it like a program, right? So like we can use Apple. Right. So Apple's iPhone is running on a particular system. When they send a new update, you don't say, OK, well, I'm going to keep the old system and add the new one on top. No, you get rid of the old system because the new system is going to work out better for you. Right. So along your journey to the 1.25, you may end up reaching out or getting connected with individuals that's going to improve your system or give you a newer system that will allow you to accomplish what you're trying to go after, what your intent is spent on. And that's way better. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's right. that, that, that drive. Like, uh, and attention, how I was taught the word intention, right? Attention is anything that moves the needle in favor of your life, hmm. right? If it doesn't move the needle in favor of what you want in your life, that's called a distraction. Yeah, so that's how you make a difference. I love it, man. Wow. I don't know anything about your story, but I gained a ton of very good knowledge about how to support <laughs> Sophia. So like I I love that. This is the first just FYI, this is the first interview where I didn't I didn't get into like I got into a little bit of your story, but like I we haven't even gotten into real estate yet and we were already out of time. But like honestly, you delivered so much value there. Like Yeah. Well here, here, let let me let me give this part, right? Because one of the one of the things that I'm kind of known for is like these like amazing real estate meetups that I do. Um, and it, it's great. Right. And so like, for me, one of the things was like mindset meetups to a million dollars. Right. And that's yeah. how essentially everything kind of came forward. But one of the key things I can give about real estate, if people are really trying to get serious and trying to like up their level up is start having meetups where you are practicing the goal giver mentality. 
Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the relationships that I have now is because I genuinely was like, hey, I want to do something. And I wasn't just asking, how can I give value to you? But I was watching you. And I noticed something that you were doing that I can funnel a lot of energy towards. Or I noticed something you were doing that was lacking a particular thing. And I want to add to it. And I want to make it a really big deal. And then when you ask me, what do I want in return? I want to tell you nothing. And that has been the cheat code to, I would probably say, outside of the blessings that God has given me, or maybe that's also part of it, I would probably say 90% of my success. That's how I've been getting in the right rooms. That's how people have been learning my name before, you know, I even know who they are. It's because I am doing these type of events. And the goal of the event is not like, hey, how many people here I'm going to get to work directly with me? It's like, how many people here can I have like get together and make money? And it only happened because I came out with like, let's do this and let's do this together. And it builds something incredible, right? Like I, I tell this to people all the time. One of my main goals behind all that is very simple, right? It is There is a selfish reason behind it. Like some people say, oh, that's not true. There's no way you can do something without having something. Well, you're right. There is a, a reason behind it. I want in five years from now, I can pick up any person that's come to my event, any person to come on their podcast, right? I can be like, Jay, what's yeah. going on, man? I say, yo, listen, I got a particular deal I'm looking at. I want to partner up with some people. You're like the third person I called. Everybody else is on board. It's $5 million a piece. And I literally want you to snap on me like, dude, what are you doing? Like, dude, don't, don't call me with stuff like this. I don't even understand why you act like that. Call my assistant. She knows if it's you, she'll just send the money to wherever you want me. You want her to send it to. I'm down. Like you know, mm-hmm. we don't have to explain the details of the deal. In fact, if you call me, tell me when's the next time you come so we can go play golf. Right? Those mm-hmm. are relationships that I am seeding. I'm growing right now, and I'm right. doing so by giving and giving and giving so that it's valid. Right. And people want you around and they want to be able to give you and do things with you and for you. And it's just like it's an abundance lifestyle. And that's that's really what I'm about. Flow and abundance lifestyle. I love it. It's the go giving, dude. It comes back to what we were talking about before. It's all that's the basis of all of it is just giving and not. And it the natural law of the universe that it all comes back to you always. It just does. It's impossible. It's impossible not to. I don't like it's not even like a like a, a spiritually universe. That's I, any of it. Like it just happens. Like test yep. it. Try it out. If you don't believe me and Eddie, try it. Try giving some just money. Try it one time. Give it. Give a hundred dollars away and see how it feels. See what happens in your life and just see yep. see what happens. I love that, man. Yo, I don't want to keep up too much of your time. I have one question I always ask at the very end that I always mm-hmm. end the podcast with, and that's if you could go back to Eddie, right when he's starting in real estate or right when he's starting entrepreneurship in general, whichever one you think would be a more um, pertinent answer, um, what would you tell him now? Knowing everything you know now, knowing all the knowledge you know now, what would be like, what would you tell him? I would straight up tell him, be fearless, right? Be fearless because a lot of the things that hold us back is the fear and we don't all fear does is it downplays just how powerful and amazing you truly are, mm-hmm. right? And so if I was able to go back, I would tell my young self, you know, just when I'm getting ready to start business, I would say, be fearless. Like that that thing that you think is the craziest idea, 
go for that, right? Like that meeting that you think no one's going to like really take you serious, go even harder on it, right? Like, like in this type of world that we live in, I feel like you have to OD what you would have normally, like you got to overdo it. You got to like really go over the top with what you were scared to feel or scared to do just to be able to level out where you really belong. And that's everybody in life. And that, that's what I would have told the young Eddie. I love it. And awesome. I would I would also tell him, be careful, because the girls out here is crazy. They're going to try to come <laughs> to you. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, Yo, so straight up. Booty's, booty's dangerous. All right. <laughs> I love it. Eddie, my man, what can my audience do for you? I'm so grateful that, like, you came on. Like, what are you looking for right now? What yeah. What do you want? What do you, What can my audience do for you? What, how can I follow you? What? What are you looking for? Awesome, awesome. Well, Ben, first of all, man, I just want to say definitely honored, bro. Appreciate it. You're actually the first podcast that I did all year. And I know this is only January talks, but I haven't <laughs> I haven't done anyone. I've done one podcast before, and that was it. Like I, wow. I haven't been doing anybody's podcast. I didn't want to. I, I wanted sleeping to on you then, bro. That was so absolute fire. I'm honored to, to do it with you, man, and, and be able to give some game. Um, what I'm looking for right now, like, you know, I'm, I'm at this level again, I'm looking for three things. Uh, I'm looking for opportunities to be able to work with other people, right? Deals that they may have or um, deals that they need help on. I want to be able to where? help like them or partner with of, them. What type of properties, where, what's your criteria? <laughs> so, you know, if, if it's anything that could be, you know, considered for short-term rental or mid-term rental, I'm going to be interested in if it's uh, something that could be affordable housing, single family homes, uh, section eight, I'll be interested in if it's multifamily, if it's 40 units or up, I'll definitely take a look. If it's under 40 units, um, I will still take a look, especially if I can do something creative. Like I love, I mean, obviously we come from sub two. I, I, I'll do anything creative. I'll yeah, try to get a Snickers bar from Walmart at, at creative. So if it's, it. If it's if it's a single family, I look in um, certain markets like Atlanta. Well, yeah, Atlanta, uh, D.C. Uh, we're in Texas, Arizona, uh, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina. If it is the multifamily, we're in um, uh, Atlanta. Still, we're in Tennessee, Kentucky, and we're in Arizona. I'll, I'll also look at single family of those things too. But yeah, Tennessee, Kentucky, multifamily is Tennessee, Kentucky, Arizona, and Atlanta. Okay, awesome. So yeah, that's yeah. number one. What's yeah. number two? Number two, I'm looking for private money. Like anybody mm -hmm. that wants to be able to invest and really want to make their money grow and be protected by assets, um, we're in that stage now, especially going into multifamily where people really want to transition into that investor lifestyle which is the, the, the goal, right? Like somebody said this the other day and I was like, yo, that's true. When you played Monopoly, who won the game? How do you know you won the game of Monopoly? You had all the money. You got all the money, right? Was that the person who had all the houses on the board or was that the bank? Yeah, definitely the person who had the houses. Nah, that person still never had more money than the bank. Oh, oh you mean like, oh, the yeah, the board. Oh, yeah, true. Right? True. So the, I'm I'm at a place now where I can allow people to be able to do be the bank, right? Take your money and give it to investments that's going to continue to bring in passive. So that's, that's my kind of other way of giving back and helping people in that. Because the truth is, man, not everybody's going to make money in real estate. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, not everybody's going to yeah. do wholesaling all the time. They can't do fix and flips the right way, even if they mm -hmm. wanted to. And so that doesn't mean you're out, right? It just means you got to be able to find the right group to be able to invest your money so that it continues to grow and you don't have to do the work. Um, and then the third thing, and is just like, you know, so many people reach out to me by default, right? And so um, they want to, they either brand new or want to kind of get better at a particular skill set. And so I'm always looking for people who want to come on board the team and, and learn from my team. And I call it earn while you learn type of program, right? It's how I got started uh, when I first got into this. So uh, I absolutely love that idea. Specifically, like what? Um, so right now, one of the main things I'm focusing on is disposition. Okay. Um, so that's one of the main things we we are focused on. Um, but you know, I'm I'm open to because I, I have people on my team, right? So like I said, I have Ashley, who's my acquisitions. She's a badass. She can train. Um, Anastasia can train. Stacy could. So. I mean, if somebody's like, hey, I know what I want and I really like acquisitions, like I'll still take you on to give you some game. Um, but yeah, that's those are the three things that, that I'm looking for, man. And then just just hit me up, right? My, yeah. my, my handle is this, that flips. We got a new podcast called Money in a Thing. You can look that up or follow us. We come out with a new episode. Yeah, how do they find it? How do they? So at this, that flips is IG. That's how they should reach out to you for these three things, like sending you deals. Yeah. We so went over there. Slide in where. my DM. Slide in his DMs, okay. except the girls, except the girls, not the girls with the big booties. He doesn't need that anymore. Yeah, so the, slide in my wife's DM for that. You can, you can go see her. But okay. yeah, try to get me in trouble. No way. So. <laughs> then we got the multifamily in Atlanta, Texas. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Private so, money, yeah, he's yeah. going to give you more than the S&P 500, and he's hiring, oh, guys. Easy. Don't sleep on that. Dispositions especially, like, Give him what he wants. Like, for sure, he's a nice guy and he says he'll help you out with acquisitions and you can never get enough of that. But if you want to be like the goat, if you want to be the go giver and have the universe come back to you, like, hit him up for dispositions because that's actually what he needs in his business right oh, now. Yeah. Listen, but dispositions right now, like, whoever's focused the most on disposition is able to build out a great system for that right now. You're about to win in 2023, sure. 24. Like, that's that's where that's one of the reasons why we're we're heavily focused on that right now too. So love it. So uh, reach out to at this dad flips on IG um, yep. for those opportunities. And then where do they find the podcast? YouTube or what? What do they look up? So we're we're you know we're streaming. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. Uh, so you could look it up. You could look it up on YouTube. But we have competition. There's this like other guy who apparently came out with a song called "Money in a Thing" a while back. So it's kind of hard to find it on the podcast right. on, on uh, YouTube. So you can, if you type in "Money in a Thing" T I T H I N G and then type in Eddie Charger E D D Y Charger, you'll be able to find it. Um, but again, we're we're really on podcasts already, so you can just stream us live on there. Please give us some some love, some stars if you like it. If it says it sucks, that's cool too. But you know, whatever. No, don't say um, that. Don't be a, don't we, be a, don't we, be don't do that. Listen, we, <laughs> don't we take listen to no, we'll no. constructive you know feedback. Don't just be like yeah, constructive. Like you gotta give. Yeah. You gotta say why. You gotta be like this. Yeah. Because tell me why. why. Tell me how we can make it better for sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely want that, right? Uh, and then my YouTube, my my YouTube channel is it's just Eddie Charger. Um, and we are pushing out content on single family, you know, basically everything that I'm in is what we push contact on. Right. So we talk creative finance, we do comping deals on there. We do, uh, I'm starting a mindset 
which is kind of cool that we we here talking today, right? Like I'm I'm starting a mindset Zoom that's probably just gonna Ooh. drop on there every Sunday. Um, I have multifamily talks on there. We do napkin underwriting for multifamilies on there. So, you know, I, I just want to give game, educate some people, and uh, continue to build like really good relationships, man. I love it, Eddie. You're a beast. Any last words? Any last words? I feel like that's the, the part in the movie where something happens, right? Um, listen, if, if anything, if I could just remind you all to stay positive, understand that this part of the game that you're getting into when you're conquering your fear is not simple. It's not easy, but it can happen. It will happen. It does take work, but Here's, here's an idea that I want you guys to get. When you look at a tree or you look at a plant, for example, the roots on that plant grow first before anything else comes up. And so what I mean by that is whatever you're trying to get over, whether it's something you're dealing with on your own, your personal life, or even in your business, learn to build the foundation first. Have the expectation and understand that you know, patience is not your problem. It's just the fact that you're not expecting the right things. Understand that you have to build deep. You have to go through the pain, okay? You have to go through the, um, the, 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 the disruption first before the growth takes place. And if you do it that way, then you continue to bear fruit for as long as you live. If you don't do it that way, you'll be the person that, you always see in the videos like somebody will pick up the, the roots and they'll pluck the plant out simply because the roots did not get further enough down to be solid enough for everything to happen in a good life. So that's my, my final words, man. Everybody just stay charged up. Got to. I love it. I love that catchphrase. Stay charged up. Bro, you're amazing. That was insanely sick. You dropped some ton ton of value. It's rare that someone drops something on me where I that clicks something in my mind where I'm like, ah. Don't focus so much on the goal. Set the intention. Worry about the systems. I like that a lot. My man, thank you so much for coming on. You're appreciated. Guys, next week, 5 p.m. PST, we've got Kent Clothier. Do not Ooh. miss that. He's a, he's a big boy. Like, I, everyone's going to get a big I, I want to get a big boy on. You put me on before, Kent? God. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, my he's gosh. next week, and that's going to be wild. That's going to be a good one. I'm glad you told me that now. If you told me that in the beginning, it would have been like, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> He's, a, he's a big dude, guys. Yeah, so, like, don't miss that. That's 5 p.m. PSC, same time this one started. Guys, thank you so much. If you enjoyed this, follow Eddie on his YouTube, on his IG, and like, comment, and subscribe on this. Um, comment, like, what did you think? Like, how did you enjoy it? What parts did you like? What parts did you not like? I'm going to be interacting with you. I want to I want to know you guys. We're creating a community here on the YouTube channel. So, hell yeah. Thank you so much, Eddie. We're out here. I'll see you all next week. Let's go. Oh.